0: Friends, welcome back to the Field and Garden Podcast. It's your friend, Lisa Mason Ziegler, and thanks so much for joining me here today. And you know, if you are enjoying our podcast, I just would so appreciate you reviewing it. That helps our podcast apps to actually show my podcast to more people. And I read every one um, of the reviews. So thank you so much for that. And today, I have another great replay for you guys. I am really enjoying interviewing students of our different courses and just learning more about their businesses. And I mean, you always learn something, right? When you talk to other people that are growing cut flowers, no matter if you think you're just like them or just not like them, right? So, today, I asked Danny Winters of Winters Farm Florals to join me on a Clubhouse chat. And if you're not familiar with Clubhouse, Clubhouse is an audio social media um, app that is really like having a phone conversation and it's really great. So I encourage you to check that out. All you have to do is download the Clubhouse app and I ask you to join my flower farming club. And that means anytime I do a chat, which is every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, you'll get notified of that. So we asked Danny to join me on um, Clubhouse and just to give you like a little snapshot of her and her business. So she lives in Salisbury, Maryland, you know, and I'm in Virginia. So we're fairly close to each other within a few hours. And she also is actually on the, what's called the Eastern Shore. And as she points out to us in her discussion that she lives in farmland area, her parents actually have a commodity farm and that's where she's now flower farming. And there's some special, you know, concerns with that, the wind. And so she took Gretel and Steve's course, Growing Cut Flowers in Hoop and Greenhouses. And so we discussed how she, how it helped her and kind of what her previous, um, career was. And just, we're going to learn more about her business. She's growing on about an acre. She has, she launched her business kind of officially in 2019. And, um, so let's take a listen to what, um, Danny has to share in our chat. Welcome friends to the Flower Farmer Show. My name is Lisa Mason Ziegler and I'm just really glad to be here with you. We meet um, every Wednesday at one o'clock eastern time here on Clubhouse for the Flower Farmer Show and we cover a vast field of different topics related to growing or the business of cut flowers. And um, I am joined today by um, one of our team members, Jesse, who is here to help us facilitate you guys that are here live being able to To ask your questions so I am gonna first so we'll just do a little bit of housekeeping so first Danny I am gonna actually mute you so that way let's see if it lets me do that it doesn't oh yes it does so that way we don't get background noise Um, so Jesse will now join us here and give us some details on questions and about mics and all those things thank you Jesse
1: All right. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Danny. I'm excited to be here with both of you today and I'm looking forward to uh, the interview and I wanted to say hi to everybody out there um, in the room and let you know a few things um, about how we usually uh, do our rooms. And so uh, the first thing I was going to say is that you can invite uh, your friends here on clubhouse into the room. If you think they might like to uh, hear the interview, And you can do that by hitting the plus symbol at the bottom of your screen there. That'll bring up folks that you're connected to here on Clubhouse and you can tap their photos to invite them into the group. And uh, there's another thing too, Um, Lisa's got uh, her own club here on Clubhouse where she schedules chats and it's called flower farming. If you go to, if you look at the top of the screen there, you can see it says flower farming, there's a greenhouse. If you click on that, you can join Lisa's club. And when you do that, you'll be notified when she schedules new chats and you'll have the opportunity to add those to your calendar if you like. So, there are a couple ways, as Lisa mentioned, that we uh, like to take questions in the Clubhouse chats. One of them, of course, is that you can raise your hand and come up to the stage and ask your question. And you can do that um, at the bottom of the screen with the little hand symbol that lets Lisa know that you would like to come up and speak. The other way that you can submit a question, uh, if you don't want to come to the stage to speak, you can send me a text message here in Clubhouse and you can do that by tapping the little paper airplane icon there. It's kind of at the bottom right on your screen. If you do that, that brings up the texting feature in here. You can put my name in and you'll see my photo and you can send me a message over there and then I can ask your question on your behalf. Um, And then um, I didn't put it in the title of the description today, but um, I believe we are trying to utilize the replay feature here, which is a brand new feature on Clubhouse. So our hope is that you will um, or anyone else that happens to see it will be able to listen to this after the fact, Han Clubhouse for uh, the very first time. So um, thank you everyone for being here and I'm looking forward to the chat. Thank you, Lisa.
0: Thank you, Jesse. So I am just really pleased today um, to have with us Danny Winters of Winters Flower Farm. I just love that name. Um, and so, Danny, go. you can go ahead and unmute yourself if you can or because it yep. won't give me the. You got yep. it. Perfect. Awesome. Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for joining us here today.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. And a little shout out to Jessie too, who has, I'm sure has learned like so much on the job. So thank her for answering all of my questions and helping us get prepared for today.
0: Oh, you know, thank you for saying that because Jessie is like a crazy woman in the behind the scenes getting everything lined up. And so I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so um, Dani, um came on my radar because she Um, is one of our online course students and actually she's taken a couple of our courses and we really want to learn more about her and about her business and what she's doing Um, and then for her to share perhaps how the hoops course the um, we call it the hoops but it's actually called growing cut flowers in hoop and greenhouses excuse me as enrollment is opening up for just five days and it only happens once a year. This coming at the end of this week on Friday, we thought it was very suiting that I would talk to her about that. So, Danny, I um, read the information that you submitted and I am always just so interested when someone says they're a second generation farmer. So tell me, um, I'm sensing that your, your family probably was like soybeans or peanuts or big commodity farmers, is that right?
2: Yeah, that is correct. Um, I grew up on a farm and uh, my dad is a first generation commercial grain farmer. So, um, you know, think corn and soybeans and wheat and kind of all of those things maybe you think of in the Midwest.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just as much of that here on the shore as well. So tell us exactly where you are located, for, because we have friends from all over the country and even the world on here.
2: Okay, gotcha. Okay, so the eastern shore is, I think we kind of like our, our own little world over here. Um, but basically, um, I'm in the state of Maryland, and uh, we have kind of the Chesapeake Bay that goes up um, pretty far up into the state of Maryland. So there is a little kind of handle of Maryland called the Eastern Shore, which is the, the easternmost part of Maryland. Um, and it's pretty, pretty different from the other side of it. It's a lot of agriculture out here. Um, this is where the beaches are and uh, just a lot of farmland.
0: So are you actually growing on what was part of your dad's land or are you in a different location from that?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um we are, one thing we do have out here on the Eastern Shore is a lot of space. <laughs> so um I, like I said, grew up on the farm, it's 120 acres. So there is plenty of room to go around.
0: Wow. All right. So I want to hear a little bit about, well, I want to hear a lot about your business. Um So I understand you've been in business for a couple of years. So why don't you tell us how you got started and kind of how it progressed and, you know, what keeps you busy nowadays with it happy to do that
2: um, well like I said I, you know grew up on a farm so that part wasn't exactly new to me um, but because farmland and equipment is is so cost prohibitive um, it's nearly impossible to get into farming um, on the agricultural you know kind of the commercial level um, unless your dad or your grandfather were farmers so my dad spent a lot of hard years um, getting the farm and all of the equipment paid off and um, you know when you rely on mother nature for a living you don't exactly know how long that's going to take. So I think the strain that that had on my parents' marriage caused them to discourage us from going into agriculture. Um, So both my brother and I actually focused on and we left the farm and went off to college. Um, I went into the education field and I spent my 20s living a very professional and vanilla lifestyle. Um, I taught for uh, seven years and I went back for my master's in educational leadership and that was kind of going to be, you know, the route that my life was going to take. Um, But I think I probably had my midlife crisis a little early at the age of 30. Um, and although I loved the world of education, um, if you know if there's any farm kids listening out there, um, there's kind of this this piece of you that lives inside of you forever and there was something sort of depressing about entering the cement building every morning and, and not emerging until until the sun had gone down. Um, So I struggled with that for a while and I soon realized that, you know, maybe life isn't always linear. Um, So in 2019, I, I kind of disrupted the whole trajectory and I quit my job and I went to work for my dad back on the farm. Um, and so you know, I now kind of had a a blank slate of a future again, and so I decided that um, I wanted to grow flowers on the farm as well. Um, I think I just wanted kind of a side hobby that was truly my own, Um, so I started planting some flowers in the fall of 2019, and I've kind of had this crazy ride ever since of learning how to farm and learning how to grow flowers side by side, Um, and the goal was that I would come back to the farm and just kind of learn everything all at once and then hone in on, on what I wanted to pursue. So the flowers have really kind of um, taken hold and become a full-time commitment and a pretty
0: big passion of mine. So tell me what, um, how did you find out about growing cut flowers? You know what I mean? People most often don't even realize that it's a crop, you know, that there is a demand for that. So what did you see? Did you know another flower farmer? Did you read a book or what kind of brought it to your attention?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because in in the world of agriculture, certainly cut flowers are not like they're not a thing. <laughs> so right. In, in my world was was doing that. Um, but yeah I, I went out to visit a good friend of mine who lives out in Washington State kind of before I, I started back in on the farm and um, came across Aaron Benzicane's book. And I, I think probably most growers, newer growers are entering into the world either through through your books or through Aaron Benzicane's books um, and you know kind of discover the world of flowers that way. So um, I had discovered her and kind of thought wow this is this is really interesting. Um, and then a funny, funny little side story, I came back and decided that this is kind of what I wanted to do for, in, on a small scale. And um, a friend of mine, I hadn't heard of you, Lisa, and a friend of mine had your cool flowers book on her shelf. And when I was telling her about my plans for the flowers, she said, well, do you know about Lisa Mason Ziegler? And I thought, I said, not really. And so she gave me that book. And of course, it opened up the very mesmerizing world of hardy annuals. And I held, On to that book for months to try and absorb everything from its pages. So um, when I finally felt ready to give it back to her, she said, Oh, I I never thought I was getting that book back. I already got another copy of it. So (laughs) um, I think it was her just kind of knowing how valuable that book is. And and once you kind of get into that world, how, um, how the grip that it takes on your life.
0: That's awesome. That's a great story. So do you, um, so what I really wanted to hear also after we are kind of getting the snapshot of your business. Now, tell us to, to leap to the next topic I want to talk about, which is how did the Hoops course help you? I want to know who is your market? What are you focusing on? What are you growing for? And who are your customers?
2: Yeah. Okay. So um, I am wholesale only. Um, I think, you know, kind of coming in from the agricultural side of things, um, a lot of it is wholesale. So. That- pretty comfortable, intuitive piece for me to move into. So I grow for florists and designers um, in, the, in the kind of Delmarva area. Um, and so, uh, you know, no farmers markets, no CSAs. It's really just focusing on um, wholesale flowers.
0: That's awesome because, you know, that's kind of where I came from too. Um, and so you're growing on about an acre. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it's expanded a a little bit and then kind of a lot every year. Um, So I was much smaller this past year, but um, throughout the fall, I've been bringing in um, a lot more land into production. So by the spring season, I think I'm a little under an acre right now. And by the spring season, um, it'll be around an acre.
0: Awesome. And that's kind of how this goes. I'll just warn you now, you just, especially having you know, it available to you, it's really easy to spread. So tell us um, what led you to, to take Gretel and Steve's course, Growing cut flowers for hoop and greenhouses. What led you there? Yeah,
2: that's um, a good question. I think if um, if you are going to commit to the route of, of selling to florists and designers, um, you're maybe looking for a different set of qualities in your flowers. Um, and one thing that we deal a lot with on the shore is wind because there's there's so much farmland and so much open space. Um, and so I knew that if I really kind of wanted to get those quality um, flowers with long stem length that I didn't have to worry About every rainstorm, you know, petals becoming destroyed. That um, you know, growing in a in a hoop house would be kind of the route to go.
0: You know, that's a really great point because it is definitely possible to grow out in a field in those kind of horrendous conditions, but it is very difficult and very and very stressful um, to do that. So I think you're really smart. Um, So do you have a hoop or a greenhouse?
2: Yeah. Um so I've spent this past year um putting one up. I actually probably did the thing that everybody says don't do, which is buy used and deconstruct and reconstruct. Oh, <laughs> so wow. A learning curve for sure.
0: <laughs> okay. So you took Stephen Gretel's course last January. Is that right? Yes. That's- okay. And so how did it kind of, did you already have the house when you took it or did they help? Did the course help guide you through what to get or were you already in ownership of that?
2: Yeah, I had not. I knew that I um, would spend 2021 kind of honing in on getting a house, but I hadn't done it yet. And um, I I probably just thought that I wanted to plan on the front end of things rather than having like a really expensive experiment. So I went ahead and took their course in January, um, just to make sure that all the questions that I had might be answered on kind of on the front end, if you will.
0: Sure. And so did it answer your questions?
2: Yes, I have to say um, it's, it, it was a lot to take in. Um, I think as with any course that you take, that's maybe like a step outside of where you, of where you are now. Um, you kind of have to take in what you can take in and know that, you know, you can go back and, and look through it um, even now during the course of this year. <clears throat> the house, I've gone back to um, several of those classes and and said to myself, oh, that's what they meant by that. Or, oh, I somehow missed that last time. So it was one of those things that when I took the course, I think it was probably a little bit outside of my experience level. And now that I've got the house up and have learned about it, um, I can go back and kind of absorb a new level of things.
0: You know, don't you find that, I mean, that's such a great description of As you are entering to, you know, a new area, there are things that are hot on your mind. Like, you know, I don't have any houses. I can't in the city. And I would think that for me, being a total newbie, if I was getting a house, figuring out where to put it, which one to buy, um, and where to buy it would be like my main focus. And the rest of the information would kind of fall by the wayside. And I think your description of revisiting the class, it's like, okay, now it's up. Now, let's see, what were they saying about XYZ? You know, I mean, I find that to be so helpful with online courses of how you can revisit stuff, right? As you move along, you go back and take in even more information that was there the whole time. You just didn't absorb it.
2: Yeah, that is so true. And especially because with a house, there's really two pieces of it, right? So you are dealing with the construction of the house, which is, I wouldn't really even call that growing flowers. Like that is is more of a construction piece than anything. And then they also cover, you know, growing in houses and what to grow and when to grow and what does best in there. So there's really kind of two pieces to this course as far as, you know, locating a house and, and getting it put up. And then there's also kind of once you have it, what to do with it now.
0: So did you actually grow in the house this last year or were y'all still in construction phase?
2: Yeah, I decided not to, um, to jump the gun on that. I wanted to really take my time, especially because it was um, a deconstruction too in there. So, it, I mean, it took us months to, <laughs> to get that done. So the first thing that I planted in it were, um, was hardy annuals this past fall.
0: Awesome. So they're like in there now growing.
2: They are, yeah, little babies in there doing pretty well so far.
0: <laughs> oh, that's pretty exciting. So, um, and was it surprising to you, um, when you know, because I mean I've watched all the courses, even though I don't have a house, I still watch their course. And it was surprising to me how much more management of a greenhouse there is than what we kind of think, like venting and watering and making sure the soil stays healthy and by your rotation. And um, was that surprising to you or were you kind of prepared for that?
2: Yeah, I, I, that's, that's a great point And I think one that we should, that we need to touch on. Um, I will say that overall the, the course is maybe not for beginners. Like I'm really glad I didn't have a house my first couple of years of growing. Um, just because you are getting so many things down the system of so many things down in those first couple of years, I think it would almost be a waste of money to have had a, a house when I was still learning all the mechanics. So, um, it is definitely, um, a new, a different kind of a beast um it's you know you are married to it even more than field grown flowers um You know, if there's, you have to check the weather, you have to vent it every morning. If there's wind, you have to figure out, you know, how can I close this up that it's not going to blow away? Um, It it can easily get too warm in there and fry flowers. So you are, um, you know, even when it rains, you're thinking, oh, I don't have to water today, but you always have to water in the greenhouse. So um, there are things that that are definitely different in it than field growing. So I I would recommend maybe getting a a couple seasons under your belt of, of field growing and then maybe adding that in later.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, first you have to figure out how to run and start a business. Then you have to figure out how to run and start a flower growing business, find customers and sell. I mean, I can't imagine um biting off even more to chew. That's that's a really good point that you made there. So So how do you think the course helped you? I mean, um, are there any specific things that you thought, oh gosh, I would have not done it that way at all? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Um, You mean if I hadn't taken the course? Right, yeah. Yeah,
2: um, I think so. I have to give credit to um, to Stephen Gretel. Um, I'm always leery of taking advice from from somebody in the industry who doesn't practice what they're preaching. And um, Stephen Gretel are doing this every day. I think they have like 17 or 18 houses up, um, so they're in the arena every day, dirt on their faces. And so you know what they're what they're saying is is from experience and and not philosophy. Um, and they're pretty real about things too. They they kind of share both sides of, of things. So, um, they share a lot of their trial and error because of course, you know, as, as a grower, you get an idea that like, I'm going to try this and the chances are they've been there. So, um, their crop plan and what they grow and how they grow it, um, is very much based on kind of the years and years of, of trial and error that they have. Um, so, I mean, they, they do, they delve into things like rotation, um, you know, you, you do have a limited amount of space. So you, you know, you think to yourself, well, I'm just going to grow Lizzie this all the time in my greenhouse so I can get as much out of it as I can. But, um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to think about. So they do, they break down their, their plan and how they do that, which is, is really helpful.
0: You know, um, I did a, um, podcast recording with them, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago and it was so funny. I mean, do you find Gretel and Steve, it's like, they're one person. The way that they talk and look at each other to anticipate what the other person's gonna say. But when you said 17 or 18 houses, so one of my questions was, so how many houses do you all have now? And Gretel belts out 17 and Steve said, well, actually we have more like 18 now. And it was just, it was just so funny to me that the business is so evolving and changing and um, they're just so innovative that they both don't know everything about the business. The two of them work seamlessly. I kind of compare them to a chain on a sprocket of a bicycle. I mean, they really do integrate and teach really, really well. Um, You can tell whose area Um, Who's the strong leader in which areas? Um, Because I wanted to ask you, too, um, because they talk about pest and disease management, right? Um, They went into depth about that, I think. Yes, they did because i would you know it's like it's the best place in the world for a flower to grow which that means it's the best place in the world for other stuff to grow as well Um, and i was kind of impressed with their level of interaction with universities i mean they're not over there on their own not interacting with other professionals that are knowing more than they do Um, they're totally engaging educators and those other people in the cut flower industry. Um, so what, um, tell us, how did you, we we'll get back to your business just a little bit. Now we've talked about the course a lot. Um, how did you connect with your first florist and designers?
2: Yeah. Um, and, and just to kind of reiterate your point, I will say that I, um, I do agree that they have done an extensive amount of research um, and they, yeah, it, it, pest and disease are a huge part of growing in greenhouses. So um, once again, what I, what I loved about Stephen Gretel is that they kind of talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. So um, I do believe that they dedicated an entire module of that course to just pests and diseases. Um, so as it's not fun to talk about that stuff and you just kind of hope it never happens to you, but realistically, at some point it's going to. So um, yes, they they do cover a little bit of everything. Um, uh, Did you want to
0: add to that? I was just going to say, thank you for pausing. Um, It's funny in that podcast, when I was talking to them, Steve said that they deliberately put the pests and diseases at the end of the course, because for those reasons that you just said, nobody is really interested in that. And he also shared that it is not uncommon for people the first year or two to not have any issues, but it's cooking up underneath the surface. they
2: haven't found you yet, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. And that's what he was talking about, that all of a sudden, bam, you have a big problem. And I just really appreciate their method of uh, monitoring and detecting and preparing you to scout for those kinds of problems. So that's all I wanted to say. Go ahead about how did you connect with Floris and? De-
2: yeah, great point. Um, yeah. Uh, so that that part is, um, it's hard. <laughs> um, I, I decided, you know, that I didn't, just because I was working on the farm as well on the grain side of things, um, I didn't really have the time to commit to um, farmers markets or kind of some of those maybe beginner channels that um, are pretty uh, user friendly, if you will. So um, I just kind of jumped right to um, where, where I wanted to go, which was florist and Designers, um, so it it really it's it's intimidating. I mean, there's really no easy way to do it. But um, I just began kind of establishing those relationships with um, very hyper local, like in in my town, florists. Um, And then, you know, that kind of led to me gaining the confidence to go maybe a little farther and a little wider and, um, just kind of starting to establish those relationships. It's, it's not something that you do in a single season. (laughs) It's not even something you do in a couple seasons. It's, um, it's a, it's a pretty long haul. Um, but to just start getting your foot in the door and, and just start, um, just that slow process of trust building and um, just kind of coming through for florists when you can and, and really putting the the emphasis on that relationship.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And Jesse, I'm going to ask you, do you have any questions on the back channel? We're just chatting right away. I didn't even ask you. Sorry. <laughs>
1: that's all right. Uh, you know, I'm going to look here. I had one early. Let's see here. I, I do have one. It is not directly related to um, the, you know, your interview with Danny, but I do have uh, a question from someone about um, cool flowers. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Um, she says she's in zone 7B in Charlottesville, Virginia, and she didn't get around to planting some of her, her status in her rude beckia, and snapdragons she didn't get all of them planted and she's wondering if she can if she should start those seeds in january and february to plant out before last frost or if she now has to wait until after last frost in the spring to plant them out
0: um so if her ground is not frozen and her beds are prepared and she has access to hoops and row covers if i'm if i understand you she hasn't even started the seeds yet which means it'll be about four or five weeks before the transplants would be ready. You could transplant them out. Um, I'm familiar with Charlottesville, as long as they don't have a lot of snow, Um, And then the other window, the next window would be to plant them in very early spring, which is about six to eight weeks before her last frost, which I will guess would be the end of February would be her window. So she would start those seeds in January, but those would definitely should be planted well before last frost because they are cool. They really like to get established during that cool time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think she's on track. It seems like that, that's probably a, a farther, far enough south area where she can make good use of that early spring. If she gets it real, she starts real early. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's what, I mean, that's what I had as far as the okay. uh, questions and such.
0: All right. Um. So one of the things that I wanted to be sure, Danny, to share is, How can people connect with you? Are you active on Instagram and Facebook? I'm pretty sure you are.
2: (laughs) I'm actually not on Facebook, but I am on Instagram. Um, Winters Farm Florals is the handle.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, you know, it's just so nice to hear somebody's story And to be able to connect with them. And that's one way that all of us as growers or people involved in the flower business um, to support one another, to follow each other, to comment, all that helps, you know, with our access. Um, And so, what I just wanted to mention was um, so, Gretel and Steve's course. Um, goes on sale this Friday, the nineteenth of November, and will be be available until the twenty third. It's only on sale for five days. It is five hundred and ninety five dollars, six hundred bucks basically. Um, and you can learn more about it and read the syllabus um, over on thegardenersworkshop.com, dot which is my website. I'm the publisher of the course, and you can get on their wait list so we won't let you miss registration. And then again, on tomorrow morning on the Field and Garden podcast, um, and you can listen on your favorite podcast app, um, is my discussion with Gretel and Steve going through their syllabus. It's really great sometimes. You know, sometimes you can read an outline, but it's like you don't even know enough to know what they're talking about. And that was there was a couple of those when I was talking to them. I said, I'm not even sure what you mean by this. What would that be about? Um, So that ought to be a great discussion, um, to help people that are interested in that. And, you know, I just want to say that, um, the Gretel and Steve, and I didn't know if you had knew this, Danny, but they've, they're really making a a kind of a turn in their business. They are um, really moving towards almost almost exclusively just selling to designers and florists because their market, I mean, the market everywhere has increased so much because of the supply problem. Um, and they have, if I understood her right, they're not doing supermarkets or CSAs. They are, they still have their farm stand, but that is their main market now is florists and designers um and it's just a great opportunity and i think your point earlier in the conversation about growing in hoop and greenhouses just ups your game of quality control and makes it easier in some ways wouldn't you say
2: yeah it does i mean it's not to say that it doesn't come with its own set of challenges right for every for every new venture or every solution there's um there's then a new set of problems so it it, it certainly does come with um a shift in the challenges, but I would say that um, overall, if, if that's kind of the direction that you're taking is the florist and designer track, then um, it, it is in your best interest to be growing
0: in a slightly more controlled environment. And you, know, you also get, I mean, the quality game is important. You get taller stems, you can really get top dollar for your crops from florists and designers. And that's what you're looking to get from houses, right? I mean, that's expensive real estate to grow. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, it,
2: it, it is. Um, and I, I think you're also kind of getting, um, you're getting a little bit more of a shoulder season extension. Um, you're getting a, a little earlier in the spring, a little bit later in the fall, um, or even just earlier than maybe field grown crops. Um, So you're getting a bit of an advantage there. Um, And just kind of the peace of mind of, you know, not every wind and rainstorm is going to ruin the petals of of your flowers. Um, So you can kind of grow some of those more delicate flowers that um, are more susceptible in the fields.
0: Yeah, that's really um, a great, tip because i think a lot of people don't even realize that so danny if so if there's no more questions jesse and if nobody if anybody has questions please send them on and i want to just point out that gretel and steve just did an awesome fall tour of their green and hoop houses and you can find it on their um feed on Instagram at Sunny Meadows Flower Farm and I actually posted a link I put I you can link from my post today showing just a little blip of Gretel standing in this amazing mum house. I mean what she was sharing is that their fields are pretty much done and from now until Thanksgiving all of their cash crops are coming out of their houses and she takes you through of a, a tour of potentials. Um, and so I just think it's, if you're growing for florists and designers, there's just no better turn to take than to consider houses if they're an option for you. So Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here today. Just hearing from someone that's taken the class that it's helpful, um, is really helpful to other people. And if there's any closing words you want to offer, if there's anybody wondering if they should do it, if they're, they're going towards houses, what would you say to them?
2: yeah Lisa, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure um just uh, yeah to to say to them that it's always something that you if you're not ready for right now, you can always go back and um you know that course forever. so even if you're not quite sure that that's something you want to get into, um it's worth maybe exploring that and if it's not for you it'll it'll still be in your course um a year or two later.
0: So thank you, so Jesse, do you have anything you'd like to add?
1: well i did have um someone that asked again about the um the contact information both for danny but also for um, sunny meadows flower farm sure
0: sure sure. so you can find gretel and steve um on instagram or facebook and it's sunny meadows flower farm and those are all four words and you can find them on instagram or facebook and I am the, as the publisher of their course, um, you can find all the information about their course over on my website, thegardenersworkshop.com and it's there'll be an online course area and you just go to there and you'll find just scroll till you find um, Gretel and Steve and there's a little video on there and then there's the syllabus um, and just all the information um, about the course and the live Q&A with them each week during school it just outlines all the what you can expect and um, over the next five days I'm doing multiple live events with Either Stephen Gretel or some of their students. Um, so please bring your questions. There is no dumb question about the course. You know what I mean? It's like if you're not sure how it works or whatever, we'll be happy to talk about that. Um, so once again, thank you, Danny. Thank you, Jesse. And here's hats off to our first replay on Clubhouse.
1: Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. My pleasure, everyone. Thank you for being here.
0: Yes, have a great day and we'll see you next Wednesday at one o'clock Eastern time, ciao. All right, so, you know, isn't it just helpful, I think sometimes to just hear other people's take on um, approaching things and doing things and um, pretty interesting that she comes from an education background. And um, so I know that she's taken Dave Dowling's class, bulbs, perennials, woodies, and more, and the growing cut flower crops in hoops and greenhouses. And I'm um, just nice to know that we had a little hand maybe in helping her ease the pain and equipped her with the right information. And, you know, it also kind of helps you to to do more, right? Um, and, to keep encouraging that hope that you can do more. So she filled out one of our student success story. Um, We ask a few questions and um, what she, I'll just tell you kind of what the question and her answers are to get a better snapshot of her. So she primarily sells to florists and designers, which she mentioned in her um, interview. And what I asked her specifically, um, One of the things that she likes about the courses and it's that there are specific purposes or stages of growing, which really makes it helpful to identify which one is based on you, on where you are in your business needs. And we really did that intentionally so that instead of making just one giant course, we tried to do it in stages so people could move along as they grew their businesses And it was just really interesting to hear from Danny how she is, she considers herself a career switcher, how she quit her job and came home to the farm, right? And so she felt like she really had the information. And then, of course, having that desire to continue learning and improving just helped put her, push her along and helped her to find her niche. And um, I think also sometimes, Taken whether it's one of our courses or going to conferences, it just really helps you to find your way. You don't really know what's possible until you go out there. So, friends, if you're interested in learning more about our school courses or our on-demand workshops, you can find them all over at thegardener'sworkshop.com. And if they're not on sale currently, like if it's a school that's not enrolling. You can sign up to get on the wait list, and then we'll give you um, a tap when the course opens up for enrollment, because typically that only happens for five days a year for our bigger courses that are so interactive with our instructors. So you can find everything you need over at thegardenersworkshop.com. And friends, I hope that I'll be interviewing you someday. So till we meet again, friends. Ciao.